we've been playing a lot of sports. If you haven't caught that, we're huge advocates for not specific, like not specifying a sport, specializing. <laughs> not yeah, whatever. Words are tough, man. Words are tough. <laughs> words, these words, things. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Dogs on Couches. Dogs on Couches. Coaches on Couches. Bing slouches. We have the slouch today mm. on the couch. We're going to be interviewing uh, my French bulldog, Stitch, today. <laughs> She's not going to say much, but I'm sure we'll get something out of this end. There'll be some snorting. The, the wrong end. Yep. <clears throat> so today we are going to talk about... Kind of uh, an interesting subject that that transcends uh, all sports mm-hmm. and age, like chronological age. We're going to be talking about training age, yep. and what that should say typically about your training program and and the you know the different aspects of your training. But first, I am Coach Dale Sanford, and I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching systems that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels. From fresh off this couch, not this couch, the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com checking Facebook and YouTube at Build Peak Compete or all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. Spiel done. Not too bad. Spiel done. All right. So we'll get to the topic of the day, but first, shout outs. Shout them out. I got a few. So last week, Gulf Coast 70.3, John's in, Jay-Z. And Wayne Agorzalek, I'm sorry if I butchered the last name. I'm not much help. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I actually heard him pronounce it the other day, and I was like, what was that? Come again? Yeah. Come again? Uh, Yeah, so they went down to to, uh, Gulf Coast and and got it done. Had some decent decent days. Uh, It was definitely warmer down there than... Uh, a lot of people were prepared for, mm-hmm. and the uh, the swim was it was rough. Redunk, yeah. It was uh, the the swells were like I mean, people were saying minimum three foot, like easily somewhere over five. Some even some of the pro folks were saying how bad it was. Really? Yeah. So it was a huh. kind of rough a rough day in the water, but but other than that, solid day for them. Uh, and then uh, Craig Justies. Old Craig, uh, he uh, knocked out his longest bike ride to date. Nice. Uh, last week, had a pretty good, pretty solid day. Nice part is he's been, uh, you know, we don't he doesn't train on power or anything, so uh, he he rides a similar route, and we just you know we notice that as his his uh, rides are getting longer, he's holding similar average speed. So all good there. Excellent. My shout out is a throwback to last Sunday. Shout out to all the mamas out there. The mothers. All the mothers. Uh, I actually didn't have any people racing. So my shout out yeah. is to all those awesome moms. Mother lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Moving on. We've got a <laughs> we've got uh, a good some good lucks. We've got good lucks. Yep. This weekend, our well, probably the for me anyways, the biggest race weekend of the year. One or two, one of two big race weekends of the year for local uh, triathletes. Memphis and May triathlon, both sprint and Olympic distance, is this uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. and then the uh, Chattanooga seventy point three. We've got people going to both. It's basically everybody's racing this weekend. So yeah, there should should be a lot of shout outs next week. Yeah, good luck everyone, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll shout it out next week. Cool. All right, jump in. All right, so first thing we got to do if we're talking about training age is to kind of talk and kind of define it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, your chronological age is basically the number. Yeah. How many years you've been on this earth? Yes. Yes. From which birth. is totally different than your training age. Yeah. So your, your training age, the simple definition is really, uh, the amount of years you've been in sport or, or training in sport. I, I would take that and and probably th- that's a little bit too simplistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would probably narrow it into years you've been training in a sport with similar demands so like uh for instance both of us came from like i came from a football background you came from basketball uh when we got into i think we both agree when we got into endurance sports we were in no way shape or form prepared to compete no uh at any level no. in endurance sports yes although we had trained for a long period of time yeah years and years the physiological demands yes and just all the fundamentals the technique the everything that goes into being a good athlete and competitive within that sport was something that seemed totally foreign after yes. my very first group ride which i assumed since i had decent yep. fitness general human fitness yeah it was going to be a direct carryover. It was totally not. You would think that coming from you know getting to at least a, a Division One basketball level that you could uh, just jump into any sport mm-hmm. and knock it dead. Mm-hmm. And it turns out there's certain equipment you should have too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the double X cutoff uh, T is not not quite supreme. Yeah. <laughs> so so we have to think of it in terms of time you've spent, and I would even break it into like hours spent because. Somebody who's only been putting in maybe, you know, a few hours a week in triathlon and they've been doing it for, you know, 10 years is not going to have the same training age as somebody who's been smashing it, you know, and, and getting in, you know, 10, 12, 13 plus hours a week of training for 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. there's going to be completely different, you know, stages in their athletic, you know, journey. So, um, and, and to go a little bit more, I know we we talk primarily about endurance sports here, and and typically cater this uh, this show to uh, adults more so than youth. But we work with a lot of youth. Yeah. And anytime we have parents come to us and parents that are listening, I mean, your kid is going to be. People say, "What at what age should my child start doing this?" <laughs> and that's where you know, as a parent, you need to know, like, well, how long have they been doing sports in general? How active yep. has your kid been? In general, um, you know, there's there's going to be an eight year old can vary widely, yeah. Uh, just like you know, an adult, as far as training is concerned, can vary widely. But even more so amongst kids, really. Yeah. Um, you need to look at you know where is your child at, and then whenever we're working with them, we're going to dive into more about it. But 
there's no no set age uh, amongst a youth that we're going to say this is what you should be doing absolutely. Yeah, chronologically, it's just it's got to be, you know, if somebody if a kid starts in soccer when they're four years old, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't mean within three to five years they should be training to compete. Exactly. Uh, you know, there's, and we'll define what we mean by training to compete here shortly. Yeah, there's some physiological things that happen in the body yeah. over time mm-hmm. uh, that you know you're you're kind of battling against as well when it comes to the the type of training that you're putting an adolescent through. We'll get into that a little bit more. So, and it's very easy for a parent to want their kid to oh, be yeah. super competitive by the age of nine. Yeah. Which, as we dive into this, that's not the healthiest thing you can do. So we've got essentially six different, uh, six different stages, training ages, uh, that the first three we feel are pretty locked in. Mm-hmm. If you skip the first three or try to bounce around uh, in the fir- within the first three, you're really kind of doing a disservice to like yourself or the athlete you're doing a disservice the athlete is doing a disservice to themselves or whomever's controlling the training here uh is doing a disservice for the longevity of that athlete not not just the longevity of them in the sport because they could get burnt out and quit Mm -hmm. but their their like athletic potential could be hindered Mm -hmm. in the long run if you try to push them ahead too and, too quickly, and injuries become that's, a lot that's more a likely. One. Yeah, yeah. We've seen a lot of youth, like cyclists, you know, junior cyclists. That yep. You're like, oh gosh, you know, winning national championships at 13 and exiting the sport at 17, yeah. 18 due to injuries that they just can't get over. Well, there's a lot of pro triathletes who were like got into the sport super young mm-hmm. and got to pro level pretty young. And then once they got to like, the, they kind of got to that, that stage where they were competing to win, mm-hmm. like they just were broken all mm-hmm. the time, just yep. could not, you know, keep themselves together long enough to actually pull off a good result. Mm-hmm. So it does, like it, it affects the longevity. So you have to kind of play the long game here exactly, and develop the, the, the right stuff on the front end. So let's, so if you take nothing else, yeah, that's it. Play the long game. Yeah. And this is how to do it. So First thing is you have to learn to train. That's stage one, learning to train. And all of that really means is you're trying to do consistent activity. It's like mm-hmm. this the age of doing. Like you're just trying to do and do as much as you can consistently. Uh, you're building, basically you're building a base level of strength and fitness so that you can handle bigger workloads rate later. Like mm-hmm. if you decide that this is the right sport for you mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever activity you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and training is very general. Yeah, super during, general. During this phase, you're not doing a, a bunch of super specific, sport specific stuff. The The more general, the more variety, yep. the better. You know, dealing with a youth athlete. Absolutely. You know, them doing PE is a, a great thing. Playing multiple sports is a good thing. Just being active outside, going on hikes, you know, just getting the body in motion, getting the body moving on a consistent basis sets the framework, the groundwork. And you have to consider like like if you do like this is parents listen up. If you don't if your kid 
has no base level of fitness and no base level of strength, they're going to have a really hard time getting any sports specific skill work in Mm -hmm. because their body is not prepared for it. They can't physically hold body positions in order to gain those skills and they can't do the workload that it's going to take the repetition it's going to take to make those skills second nature. So if you're, if you're throwing your kid into super specific training and they have no base level of fitness or strength, they -hmm. will gain almost nothing from it Mm -hmm. and they'll probably learn to hate training. Uh, so, this is this first stage. You introduce basic strength training movements. Uh, you introduce some low intensity. You int- introduce a little bit of high intensity. Uh, you know, multi-plane movements. I mean, everything huge, yes. gets. You put everything in there. It doesn't matter if you think your kid is going to be a, uh, or you think you're going to be a pro triathlete one day. Like you should still be moving laterally. Yeah. To 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 get those, that, that skill for one, the movement skill, and then start to activate and, uh, keep the muscles, the lateral movement muscles that actually stabilize the knee when you're going straight ahead. Mm-hmm. We need those muscles to be alive and well. Mm-hmm. So skipping this learning to train thing is probably, uh, like one of the biggest mistakes that parents make for their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, it's one of the biggest mistakes that adult athletes make for themselves when they're like jumping into a new sport they have no experience in. They don't take any time to kind of learn to train. Mm-hmm. So, or you have the, you know, January 1st, we have the, I'm going to get back into shape and it's straight to like, I'm going to go from on the couch yeah. to uh, I'm training for a, a marathon that's two months away. Yep. You know, you need to. If you have just, a high, just get high going again. Age, just get moving again. Yeah. Be slow with it. Be progressive. If you're well on the the levels of training age, you can jump back in it a little yes. bit quicker. Yeah. But if you're still kind of in the first couple of levels, you kind of kind of have to go backwards a little uh, bit and yeah. then build Patience. it back up. Patience. So stage two, you're loving loving training. Mm-hmm. Learn to love training. Stage two, love train. Mm-hmm. Um. This is like, I would say probably the most important for youth, for youth athletes. Like it's important for adults, but adults can come and go. Like they'll come and go from a sport if they like fall out of love with it. Mm -hmm. But with kids, like a lot of times, like if they don't learn to love the training and the act of training, they'll just, they just quit and never come back. And You'll never know what kind of athletic potential they could have had mm-hmm. uh, because they just gave up on it too soon because it was like too too in depth or too serious or too you know too much of their life. Uh, so if you if if you skip the the learn to love training part, mm-hmm. you're doing a disservice to either yourself or the athlete that you're making the decisions for. Yeah, this is where keeping it fun, funston. <laughs> The f- Coach, be fun. The fun Keeping it fun, yes, yeah. and working the fun dementals. Yeah, but but training, practice. I mean, we're not saying you can't be competing. We're not saying a youth athlete 
you signs up for soccer and says, nope, I can't do any of the games because I'm trying to first yeah. develop my learning to train and my love of training. You'd be misunderstanding us. You would be misunderstanding us. Yes, there's going to be competition along the way, but nothing should be so strict, so uh, specific, specific yeah. that burnout it becomes a risk or it's just not fun to do and the like the big part with there is that the training volume is still not real high mm -hmm. you know you're you're spending uh or let's just say workload i mean you could be doing a decent amount but the stuff that you're doing is fairly low intensity so this is where you're learning a little bit more advanced movement skills like running mechanics is is awesome here uh lateral movement mechanics um, you know, any type of multiplane movement coordination. Um, and this is where resistance training should be like really introduced. Um, and, and to start to, to build the durability of the athlete, um, before any like sport specific fitness is really started mm -hmm. to, to build. Yeah. And they'll, they'll gain fitness through their practice and their games and, or like, you know, as in terms of like a, an early stage triathlete or cyclist, you'll gain fitness by doing, mm -hmm. uh, and you'll gain fitness just by doing the skill sessions, uh, because your overall training load over time has been low. Mm -hmm. So any more, any more volume gains fitness. Yep. Uh, but like, this is just where, this is where the, the movement skills, like, like basic movement skills need to be uh, hammered in and worked on consistently. Uh, but really no and still keeping lots of variety. Yeah. No specialization. Yeah. Yet. I don't mean like sports specific yep. niche skills. I yep. just mean, uh, skills that almost any athlete would use mm -hmm. in any sport, the crossover skills, yep. you know, mm -hmm. those are the things we're going through. You're for, like becoming an athlete. Now you're sort right. of becoming a, a well-rounded athlete, yeah. not specializing. And in the thing, thing, the other thing here, and this is big for adults and kids is this is where, uh, the big social part of it comes in mm -hmm. and people learn to love to train because of the social aspect. Like, you know, they may not really enjoy like having, uh, tons of intervals or intensity or they may not like a specific drill that you're you know that you kind of do and or work on a specific movement but if they're doing it with a group they'll still do it yeah. like they'll still get out there and do it and just mm -hmm. want to be a part of a group or a team um, and that's what a lot of people get into to cycling and triathlon and running is to be a part of a group and so if you skip that part it's really hard to want to keep doing that mm -hmm. like later on because training solo all the time gets a little lonely. Yeah. We've had very few people who can train solo all the time and handle a super high amount of structure. Yeah. And we intentionally, we've talked about this numerous times. We intentionally build in like doing group rides, doing the stuff that's fun. That's not as structured yep. going out and doing rides without any data at all just to keep it fun, keep the motivation yeah. up and keep your love for the sport. There's a lot of athletes that they forget why they like the sport they're doing in the first place. And if you've gotten to that point, there's a good chance that you've been so yeah. focused on being so specific that you sort of lose the reason why you're doing it. And this is kind of where like the, 
the people who are just checking the box, mm-hmm. they skip this step. They yep. set, they sign up for an Ironman or a century ride or something like that. And it's just a box to check. They train by themselves. They don't really get in a lot of, they just doing the volume it takes to finish. Mm-hmm. And then they get done. They're like, Oh, I was terrible. Check box checked. I'm mm-hmm. out of here. Like, mm-hmm. and you never see them again. Yeah. And so, yeah, just, we can't skip the, the part where you actually learn to love training and the process, the process, the act of training. Yep. Because you're going to be doing a whole lot more training than you are racing. Yeah. (laughs) Competing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So stage three here is uh, training to improve. So this one, like uh, training to improve is is basically more volume. So we're we're bringing in higher workloads and yep. there could be some some intensity moderate levels of intensity i mean on a, on the whole like x percentage of and your this is all relative yeah that's yeah. All obviously relatively speaking um, here but overall it's not it's still not super high volume super high intensity super sport specific we're just increasing the training load on the athlete and they'll improve mm-hmm. like you're still sticking to this to the uh the skills focus uh we can't lose that we can start to we can start to introduce sport specific skills but not like niche skills and it's not a year round focused right. on absolutely these training sport specific it's skill. a phase there'll be a training phase of sport specific skill focus mm-hmm. in there um you know especially for like triathlon and swimming like there's you always you want to have some focus on your technique mm-hmm. but you know it, it it can't be the entire focus like it can't just be tons and tons and tons of, of technique work um you know anything you get into a niche skill and i, I think and, the worst i think the worst of all is probably baseball yeah, I was. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna go straight there. Go for it. Go I for mean, the jugular. If you think about, especially like a pitcher, you know, it's yeah. such a very specific motion, and baseball you can play year round. Yeah. And the amount of strain in a not real normal movement mechanic that's placed on the arm yeah. when throwing, if your body never has a chance to repair itself from that, recover from that, if there's no off season for that and you're just constantly day in day yeah. out that's why you start seeing kids younger and younger i forget the name of the surgery that uh the tommy johns there you go yeah that it's happening at younger and younger ages because they've gone straight from yeah. getting involved with baseball to trying to either past improve and going straight to like the compete phase that we're going to be yeah so age that we're talking about here. like to, not to like just dog on baseball but no. Like if you if you if your kid plays baseball, especially specifically if they're a pitcher, and your kid is not doing some sort of uh, strength training to improve their shoulder, scapular, trap, all, entire upper body, like shoulder girdle, mm-hmm. like everything, they're not imp- like strengthening that. They're asking for an issue, if not early, at least later, like later in life. Uh, you have to have the structure has to be ready to, for the demand. Mm-hmm. And if you're just going into sports specific skill, throwing, 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 the amount of torque and tension that goes through the shoulder and the arm 
during a pitch, especially when you're trying to throw as hard as you possibly can, mm -hmm. uh, is enormous. And you mm -hmm. do that over and over and over and over and over. With no recovery. With little recovery. Exactly. And you're, you're begging for an injury. Like, oh. so there's a lot of good refer references out there for baseball specifically. Uh, like if you want to look up a guy who specializes in baseball, uh, Eric Creasy is a great, shout out. yeah, sh shout out to Eric Creasy. Uh, and, um, Another guy, Brett Cummins, is actually uh, in Georgia. Crazy's in Florida. Uh, Brett Cummins is in Georgia. But they're both like if you if you follow them on like social media, they put out a ton of information, baseball specific information oh. uh, that's really good about shoulder care and and stuff like that. That uh, I mean, I think every parent should be forced to to look at. Mm -hmm. um, so those are two good references for baseball. Um, but the, the point here is that in this training to improve stage, you have to really start to introduce uh, higher strength training loads yep. to prepare the body to, to better handle the demand of what you're going to put it through. So if you're going to, in a case of a triathlete, if you're going to increase your training volume from to say like, you know, eight hours a week to 10 hours a week or to 12 hours a week, then... Uh, you have your body has to be able to handle that. You, you know, if you're just doing specifically because you're doing a lot of non-weight bearing exercise, uh, you're, and you're trying to add load to the body. If the structure is not ready, you're asking for breakdown. So strength training has to come to the forefront here. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, this is where you develop your recovery skills uh, because you're going to be doing training volumes. You're increasing training volumes, so. Uh, you have to start to work on how to recover from those workouts and be ready for the next one. Yep. Uh, even if you're no, even if you're like a single sport athlete, uh, cycling or running or whatever, and you're you just have to be do, ready for the next training session. So if you do like n if you don't think about recovery between those sessions, uh, you're losing quality. And really, realistically, at this stage, this the training to improve quality becomes starts to become more important mm -hmm. uh than than volume in general next one moving on all right so after you get through that training to improve volume increases we're going to go toward the training to compete yeah this so, is where you're starting to like realize your potential right and this could be in, in there and i will put a note in there and we talked about this earlier that there are a lot of people that will never get here, mm -hmm. like especially adult athletes. They they may never get to this stage. They may jump to the uh, the sixth one, which we'll talk about, which we just kind of added in uh, today. But they, they may not get to this stage, and that's fine. Like mentally, you may physically, yeah, physically, you, you may, may not, not have the time yeah, available. Not a big deal. But if you're kind of going through the ranks of athletic, the athletic journey toward competition we're going to get here. And usually um, for an adult athlete, uh, especially in endurance sports, this is usually like three to five years, like three seasons, like at least before you can really think about putting in, or you should be thinking about putting in the volume and intensity no. to train, to be highly competitive. Um, because if you've, if you haven't spent those first three years developing the skill, like the, the skills, the, the strength, the foundation, right. the desire, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and the ability, right, to handle 
higher level training volume and intensity and the recovery that can allow you to push yourself to those upper limits, yeah. then you know you may forgo this this stage, yeah. which is fine. I mean, doesn't like we said, it doesn't mean you you don't get to compete. Yeah, it's different. We're talking about you realizing your uh, potential. Yeah. Of what you're capable of as an athlete, physiologically um, speaking. Yep. And so at this level, training to compete, uh, you have to you have to bring strength to the forefront. Yeah. Have we talked about strength yet? Yeah. Did I say that? <laughs> that I'm pretty sure that started in round one. Uh, strength has to be brought to the forefront because of the the demand you're putting on the body. Mm-hmm. The structure will break down. You're putting a lot of demand. So if you not don't have the foundation of strength, the structure will break down. And this is also when an athlete tends to get far more sport-specific. Your movement patterns now get far more sport-specific. You know, you're not playing, take, take a youth, for example, where you're playing six different sports. You know, you're playing soccer, you're playing baseball, you're playing football, you're, you know, you're doing a wide variety. Now you're really starting to specialize. You're wanting to see how much you can get out of your body within this sport. And within that, take cycling, for example, you're now working. Typically your sport is a, what, 12 inch circle that your legs are making. I mean, when you really think about it. Yeah. That is a very specific movement. And if you start thinking about all the auxiliary muscles that play a role in that, but aren't really being strengthened by that, that's where strength training can really help you out. Um, and why we put such a big emphasis on it. You take triathlon and running as well. I mean, there's, there's not a lot happening really when you kind of break down. Yeah, pretty simple. Very straight line, very, yeah. I mean... Triathletes, triathletes getting most of it. Yeah, triathletes getting, yeah, the most dynamic from a movement standpoint. But um, there's a lot of muscles that are being neglected if you're not doing the strength work to address them. Yeah. With that injury occurs or a decrease in performance. I will add this, and since we're we're referencing back to youth athletes, this may be a three to five year period for adults, but for for kids, Mm -hmm. this could be. This is like tail end of high school. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you know, sure. you've been playing a bunch of different sports for years. You've gone you through maturity. Caught, uh, you've gone yeah, through maturity. We're past. We're pretty much uh, through puberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> maturity, puberty, same thing. Uh, so we, these words, <laughs> things are bad. Uh, not specializing in a sport until, po- like, possibly that's where like. If you want to continue on with that sport past mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. that's where you may start to consider yeah, sophomore year like kind of thing. Specializing. Yep. Um, not when you're 9, 10, 12, mm-hmm. 14. Exactly. Like, keep playing. Like, keep, you know, that doesn't mean you can't train, but. Your body will be healthier long term. Sure. Absolutely. Anyways, a little tangent there. Mm-hmm. No, but, it's valuable. So. So sport, like it's getting more sport specific. We it has to be, yeah, for uh, sure. because your sport has specific demands. So now we have to train for those specific demands. We're talking fitness building. Mm-hmm. You're training specific demands. This is where, this is where we start to get more into higher levels, higher volume of sport specific skill and niche, niche movements and stuff like that. Um, you know, 
like strengthening specific movements and mm-hmm. training the movement and not not the muscle. Um, the 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 big thing here is that your training loads are are increasing again. Uh, so you know we and, and yeah, volume and intensity is going up absolutely big time. So you're increasing that stress. This is you know more explosive movements are being brought into it. You're hopefully you've you've laid the groundwork that foundation to where now you can handle this larger training volume. That's the purpose of all those other stages was to do that. But intensity is moving way up, which is a a far greater stress on the body. We've seen a lot of people that can handle increases in volume just fine. But once higher levels uh, or more frequency of high intensity training comes into play, uh, people can break down both physically and mentally. And that's and th- and again, this is where you know if we're talking about all the pillars of performance, recovery becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. The more intensity, the higher training load, mm-hmm. the more recovery has to be uh, a part of that whole training plan. Um, I will say in this train to compete, this is where we like really start to introduce uh, strategy, like race strategies and uh, you know tactical things into into races because we're just kind of we're starting to try to like really kind of dial in a lot of different facets that could gain you know gain us a few percent here and there um but this is kind of where strategies start to become more important more more you're able to execute yeah the strategy better by this point yeah your fitness is at a high level you know and you're looking for marginal gains where you can find them Yep, mm-hmm. and so we're that's where we're we're training to be more competitive, mm-hmm. not necessarily training to enter a competition. <laughs> we have to keep There's saying that because a difference. I feel like we have to keep saying that. Yeah. Um. So the next stage, which like is a small percentage of people get to this level, uh, and it's mostly professional athletes. Exactly. Um is the train to excel stage or training to win basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where like the whole like 10 years, 10,000 hours ideal comes into play where uh, you may not, you probably haven't mastered a skill or a sport or anything like that until you've been in it for 10 years or, you know, done 10,000 hours of training. Uh, you know, that's the kind of ideal here where we're, we're like, we're maximizing every, uh, uh, like every ounce of training load that we can put in to test the body, to see like how much it can actually go through. Mm-hmm. Um, recovery is absolutely crucial. Uh, not only like acute recovery, like between sessions and, and like nutrition is a massive thing here. Uh, like every little detail at this stage is dialed in. That's where we're, and the reason it's the professionals that are reaching this level is because that's what they're that is their job. Yeah, it's not yeah. I'm training hard, and then I'm going to work, and then I'm doing that for eight to ten hours, and then I'm doing another training session, then I'm doing family stuff, and then I'm getting four hours of sleep because there's no other time left in the day. You can't get to this excel super, you know, couple percent of the population. Yeah. Uh, by doing that, you know, doing that, it just doesn't happen. You don't have the recovery possible to train as hard as you need to. Yeah. You may, you may feel like you're training hard, but you're not stressing your body 
hard because of the fatigue that you're carrying. And there is all, and there is absolutely no way you'll get to this level without going through all of the previous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't. Unless see... you are like <laughs> a freak. A f- yeah, well, a physiological freak. Always the exceptions to the rule. Yeah. Um, but this is like training to excel. This is where tactical and strategy things are a must. The mental game is huge. Um, you know, again, you're just dialing in everything that could affect performance. And even training to not even just specific levels for yourself, but training to handle uh, specific levels that you know your competition can put out. Mm -hmm. Because if you're trained to win and somebody can run, uh, you know, 30 seconds faster than you off the bike, um, you better start to train to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you better be working on your efficiency for sure. Like where else can you get the advantage? If you don't have the physiological advantage, you better be maximizing your technical. If if you're last, you know, or if you're mid to back of the the group out of the water Mm -hmm. and that's the main difference, you need to train to be, Mm -hmm. you know, in the lead group out of the water. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it's, so it's very, 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 very specific training to your needs and to the, to the, you know, what your competition looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, The last one, which we threw in here just recently, which we were talking, a lot of people may not reach the train to compete or train to win stages just mentally or, you know, life, life. Yeah. Yeah. So you can jump right to this last one at any point. um, But it is a, a, a stage of your training age. Um, which is training to age gracefully. Uh, and the, the high points here are you don't, you don't even need major race or event goals. Uh, the idea here is to uh, stay active, healthy, mobile, uh, high energy, mm-hmm. you know. Functional. Like yeah. Increasing your functional longevity. Yeah, really. absolutely. For as long as as mm-hmm. possible, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not stopping, becoming sedentary, um, you know, and for a lot of people, and a lot of people we coach, that is enough motivation to get them out of bed every day to mm-hmm. do their to do their training. Um, but this is where like strength and mobility is priority one. Yeah, you almost kind of go back to some of the earlier stages where you're again going more general yeah having the variety putting a big focus on multi-plane strength movements mm-hmm. uh and and keeping that flexibility range of motion and yep. ability balance becomes a very huge thing as well but getting away from specialization again and now you're going more into like what do i need to do to yeah. be mobile functional happy healthy for you know people are living a lot longer you know and hopefully everyone has the opportunity to live to a uh an old age but i only want to get there and we have a lot of athletes that only want to get there if they're able to have a high quality of life still absolutely and that's kind of your goal as you get older and that's like that's not to say that you can't you know if you're if this is your stage of training age that you can't enter a competition mm-hmm. or you can't, uh, you know, do an event. I mean, for a lot of people, when they describe this training age for us, they say, I, I don't really have any event goals or right now, but I just want to be fit enough that if 
like in three weeks I wanted to do mm-hmm. a 50 mile ride or a, a sprint try or Olympic trial or jump in a mountain bike race. I could or, just jump in yeah. and, and, you know, maybe not be competitive, but I just could jump in and do it for fun. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't have to worry about whether or not I could finish. Right, I w- you know? Yeah. That I mm-hmm. wasn't prepared for it. So yeah, we, that's probably a third of our athletes Yeah, that just, we work with. Yeah. Wanting to stay, uh, active, healthy, and at a decent level of fitness to where, if something fun came along, they could go and jump in mm-hmm. it and feel feel prepared for it. And again, notice we did not put actual chronological age on any of yeah. this. I mean, there's stuff that happens in life. A uh, 50-year-old, you know, we we're just talking about aging gracefully. Depending on how long you've spent in any of these other training phases, you know, your life circumstances your train to age gracefully may hit you at 50. It may hit someone else at 75. I mean, it could be totally different ages here, depending on how your body and, uh, and life has hit you. Yeah. If you, if you get through that, like learning to love training age, Mm -hmm. then you can jump to this, like this, you know, this age, this learning to or training to get age gracefully stage and be perfectly happy and content with the training that you're doing, knowing that uh, you one you enjoy it, two you're you're doing what it takes to ha- live a happy, healthy life for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But also, it, if you wanted to jump in and mix it up, you could oh, go exactly. and you could go and do that because that's the fun part, mm-hmm. you know, for you. And we said a lot of people stay in those first three, you know, get into that improve where, we should. yes, yeah, 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 uh, where you may not be doing everything possible to maximize that last 5% or 10% of your potential. But the longer you're spending in that, you know, having fun, training consistently, you know, you're keeping a, a good training load, you're keeping some intensity in there, but you're still focusing on the strength aspect of it we really preach strength quite a bit on this did we say strength? you're going to be (laughs) shout out to strength (laughs) you are going to be essentially delaying the time you're already doing the the aging gracefully thing you're staying functional healthy and happy you're you're by doing this you're pushing your your functional ability even longer Mm -hmm. you know your ability to to race longer to compete longer um, it's not going to hit you at 35. How old am I? 37. <laughs> Just waiting for all these injuries to start catching up to me. Oh, you'd be all right. You got years of banked training age. Bam. What did we miss? I think that's about... I, I guess think the that... only thing we didn't really... I, and it may end up being a longer conversation, so we may not even touch on it, but uh, we treat people differently based on whether or not they've been training in a different sport uh, from like how we would take them through these stages, I guess you'd say. So yeah. like you had already learned how to train, yeah, how to be consistent, how to be focused as a football player. I had already learned that as a basketball player. So when we transitioned over to endurance sports, we, we went through stages faster sure. than what an athlete or someone our age say would have gone through those if they'd never done any sports at all. Yeah. Our bodies were better prepped and able and mentally we were better prepped and able to handle higher training loads quicker than what 
someone who yeah if you have a if you have a sports background you can jump through you know as an adult athlete uh you can jump through you know the learning to train and loving to train Mm -hmm. pretty quickly because you've kind of already done that and then you can kind of jump into training to improve which you may have to stay in for a while Mm -hmm. you know that that's where it could be a a, that may be a three-year deal like training to improve because i know when i jumped into triathlon um you know i had basically been running a little bit and lifting heavy (laughs) a lot of heavy weights Mm -hmm. and uh and so it took i mean i i did a lot of what i tell people not to do these days but like i was in no way prepared to compete i mean Mm -hmm. i was back you know mid to back age group uh you know maybe finishing middle of the road and part of that was just the athletic athleticism from years of training but i mean it took me i don't know i probably raced for seven years before i ever won a race or won a triathlon Mm -hmm. uh so it's not a short i guess the lesson to be learned is it's not a short process if you really are wanting to be competitive Mm -hmm. and i think uh you know bringing up i i know i've heard kirsten sass uh, who, if you're not if you're not familiar with her, uh, we're gonna multi-time to, yeah, we're gonna bring her on year. at some point in time. So. Um, I think she said on a podcast it took her about seven or eight years before she ever won a race, and mm-hmm. then things started clicking. Mm-hmm. You know, so and one of the worst things that can happen, like I said, well, this is going to go on a tangent, but one of the worst things that can happen to you really could be having success super early too, because then you try to skip steps and go straight to okay, well, I need to be super specific with all of my training. I need to jump straight to high intensity. I need to forego the volume, possibly forego the fundamentals, forego the strength because I need to pour every ounce of time I've got into, okay, my weakness is sprinting. I'm going to become, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing sprint training two days a week. I mean, it's so easy to taste success and want to accelerate your growth too soon. So that's like the Trust that's the like process. the typical story for uh uh you know like a six seven eight nine year old athlete mm-hmm. they're like really you know showing promise as a nine year old uh you know running over people and mm-hmm. all this stuff and then by the time they get into that prepubescent into puberty and everybody else gets bigger than them pretty quickly uh you know you just, you don't know, like with kids, you just don't know how they're going to grow. You don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, when they're going to get those, those gains. And, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if, if you just keep working on like becoming an athlete and just stay in that stage and be patient, Mm uh, and you know, lay the groundwork, lay the groundwork and the, the, you'll reach better results than you would otherwise. Yeah. In the long run, you will Mm -hmm. like, absolutely. Same thing for for adult athletes, adult sure. triathletes. Yeah. If you spend the time on the front end learning the skills, learning the technique, learning to be fast, learning proper you know swimming, like mm-hmm. all of those things, you're gonna you're gonna be so much better uh, down the road when you finally you know decide that you're ready to train to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like a night and day yep. difference. I think that's it. That's it. 
All right. That wasn't too long. I went terrible. Of a tangent. Yeah. We added a tangent long, and added but... about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We appreciate you hanging out. Yeah, weigh in. Give us your thoughts. Watching. What do you think of our stages that we went through? Weigh in. Let us know. Yeah, you can call BS on them. I don't care. Yeah. We'll get in a, a social media debate. <laughs> I'm all for it. Cool. All right, folks. That's appreciate you listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Adios. Thank you.